Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Alex. Alex is one of our Discord community members, and he recently played his first big Milsim event, Iron Horse 4. And it's always really fun to talk about to players who are discovering new facets of Airsoft. So thanks, Alex, first of all, for joining us and agreeing to come on. This is really great to have you. Hey, I'm just really glad to be here. I've been following the podcast for about a few months now. Um, and I've just always been really looking forward. I always listen to every weekly episode. It's just been very great to hear. was really always hoping that someday I would be able to say like maybe some experiences I could be able to give. So yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So how long have you been playing Airsoft? So I started playing Airsoft when I was, I would say give or take, by about when I was 14. Uh, it was that it was um, a friend of mine uh, who I, I'm still best friends with, where he was into Airsoft and he let me know about it. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. So then um, after I went to my first one and after he um, <clears throat> covered my rental when I was there, and <clears throat> I saw that, man, this is a hobby I really want to get into. So then I just managed to, whatever spare money I had, I just kept putting into it and just made sure to keep playing with him. And it was just a really great um, experience all throughout my grade school years. I managed to play for a little bit after grade school, but I just found that between college and work, it was just sort of something where I had to step out. I stepped out for about four years. And then it was last year by about, I would say April, where I was starting to sort of rediscover it again, where I just started to get back into it. So I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I want to get back into this. I feel like I'm in a position where I can be able to play this at least to some extent. And then got back into it, remembered how fun it was again, and just sort of re-emerging myself. Um, and especially, it was especially good now because this time I actually had disposable income to put into the hobby that was consistent. Yeah. I always found airsoft being in grade school. I find, I always say that there are three main obstacles when it comes to playing airsoft, which was always uh, money, time, and transportation. Grade school, I had the time, but not money or transportation, at least not consistently. I got a job. I had uh, money and time, but not transportation yet. This time I sort of flipped, and now I have it where it's like money and um, transportation, but time is sort of limited because I work weekends. But at least I am able to um, take time off, at least periodically, to be able to go into it. Um, and so finally, once I saw that I had everything I needed, I'm like, okay, I wanted to step into Milsim because I was always really into it because I remember watching the, uh, when Airsoft GI, like about 10 or so years ago, they used to do, um, uh, Milsims with, with Lion Claws and they would, uh, record yeah. videos there. And it's like, oh man, this looks really fun. I want to try doing it based on their experiences. So then I decided to look around, but I decided for my first Milsim, I didn't want to, Try to go to somewhere that was going to be a long distance. Like say I would have to go on a plane, rent a car, deal with the hassle of transporting all my airsoft guns and gear. So I want something I could just drive there. And then it was actually, I think was Chas who mentioned that it was um, uh, that it was going to be in Perry, Georgia. So I'm like, oh, let me see how far that is. And it was only five hours from where I live. So I'm like, okay, sweet. I really want to go get into it. And so that's how it all started. 
Yeah. So before we get into the Milsim, just I'm curious, what is the airsoft scene like local to you? Like we don't have to go into like specifically where you live and that's fine. Yeah. But like what what is the airsoft scene sort of local to you? Like what types of games do you play? Are there lots of fields around where you live? So um, in Florida, I would say the scene actually kind of died out in many respects, not fully, but I found that in the central Florida area, which is where I live, because um, I live in Orlando. So I found that it actually is non-existent, the airsoft scene here. We oh, wow. used to have about like two or three fields that were owned by the same guy. But it turns out that like about the same year I went on my hiatus, they all shut down. So now okay. for airsoft, when I want to play, I have to go to either North or South Florida. So um, when I first went back into it, I actually went to Miami Airsoft because that's been, because in Florida, we only have two indoor fields, one that is in Miami and one that's in Jacksonville. Um, so I went to the Miami one. I took a day off so I could try going there, which is my reintroduction, which is really fun. And then I now frequently play at Jackson uh, Battalion Airsoft in Jacksonville because unlike most other fields, um, they're actually open on weekdays for specific times on the school district. So like say President's Day, uh, maybe time for the holidays, spring break, things like that. So that's how I've been generally playing Airsoft at Battalion because they're the main ones that accommodate my hours. Right. Um, but otherwise, when it comes to playing airsoft, I regularly have to travel about two hours, give or take, to go to any given field that I'd like to go, and I'd have to put time off in advance. So I would say that it is a bit more challenging in many respects, but I found, fortunately, I'm in a good enough position to where I can be able to deal with it. Like, even if I can't play nearly as much as, say, some people can typically do in the server, it's at least something that I've been able to make work. Totally. It's funny you mentioned Jacksonville, just put completely randomly. My grandfather trained as a naval aviator in Jacksonville, Florida in World War II wow. uh, as, as a free French. So anyways, it just, just popped into my head because I remember seeing his like graduation certificate where it said like naval air station to Jacksonville or whatever. Anyways, just a random thought. Um. So prior to hitting Iron Horse, what was what would you say would have been like your most immersive airsoft experience? Um, I'm not really, I'd say the closest one was actually at Combat City, an event that was called North versus South, um, that I don't really know if that event exists anymore, but the field unfortunately closed where mm -hmm. that was about maybe as close as it was there. Because the one thing was that admission was actually free for anybody who came in, which is something that they only did during that event. And it would be players from all over coming in. I heard people from South Florida, North Florida, out of state like Georgia, even as I think some of them were even, I met some people who even came from Washington. Um, oh, wow. So like lots of people were coming over to this event. Um, and it was like a very big event. They did have some organization and they were actually using the entire field, which they typically don't do because it was a lot of acres can't remember, it may have been something like 3,000 square acre, uh, square foot of acres or something like wow. that. But yeah, they had like a lot of square, uh, a lot of acres left. And so it was the, the only time of the year they used all of it. But it was still a far cry from how I, at least Milsim was described to me, mainly because Milsim, uh, because in this case, there was some communication, but there weren't things like uniform requirements. You still got to go in with whatever guns or gear you had. Uh, right. As far as objectives, they were kind of loosely structured. Mainly it was take specific points that were sort of dotted around uh, the map and such. Uh, things like that. So it was about as close, but I would say it only gave like sort of what I would call Milson, very Milson light, basically. Milson light. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so now thinking about Iron Horse in particular, like what, what was the lead up 
for for that for you? Like, how did you prep for it? How did you connect with Chaz? Like, how did that, that all shake down? So I met Chaz actually through our Discord server. So um, like, because he when he saw that I said that I was going to be going there, uh, we were we would go chat up. And so how I prepped for it was that I was trying to look at what exactly people typically brought to their uh, to the field when they went on Milsim games and making sure that I could be able to do accordingly. So I already imagined that I was never going to get my kit perfect regardless, because obviously what's the proper kit always depends on the person in question. So mm-hmm. I just went with what I had. So what I first did was I actually bought a second um, M81 Woodland uniform because my hotel, at least I didn't know if they were going to have any wash, any washer or dryer. So I bought two just so that way um, I could be able to take that off uh, when I got back to the hotel, showered, slept woke up and I had another one ready to go. Which that's a great idea. Yeah, Dude, that is an excellent idea. So that's what I did. And I would say personally, I recommend doing that because I, because uh, I'll get more into that, but because that day I was so tired that I was, there was no way I was going to be able to have enough time to wash it. So that panned out well. And then I looked into getting my hydration carrier. Um, so I bought myself a um, hydration pack backpack. It was one that I got from Condor, um, where it was one that actually came with a bladder and straw. So I was just like, okay, so I would go with that because I figured the backpack, maybe I would carry some stuff for it um, because I was thinking that I was going to carry the speed loader in there. That actually was where I met was a mistake I made because I didn't know speed loaders were allowed on the field because admittedly my turns out my information on it was dated because when I looked at the Airsoft GI Milsim videos they did like at 2012 to 2014, they actually were allowed to carry theirs, but the side windows didn't exist yet. Then right. when Kath told me that, oh, like that wasn't allowed, I felt like that's where I made a mistake on it. So I think for future events, I'm probably just going to go with a standard um, hydration carrier and probably just axe the backpack because I didn't find myself using it. Um, right. So that's what I got for that. Um, um, decided to go with a three liter and I'm glad they came with that because I'm a person who drinks a lot of water and I found that three liters was really helpful to be able to carry. I just kind of feel with water, the more you can carry, the better personally. hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like when you think about, I mean, I, I obviously haven't played a most sim like that, but even just thinking about hiking, like with uh, my wife and I, when we go hiking, like what is the difference in weight really between like a two liter and a three liter? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a kilogram, but like you really don't notice the difference but you definitely notice the missing extra liter of water right yeah you really really will um so that's why i decided to go with that so because of this though because i didn't know how much it would weigh because i never wore because i only really have a play carrier that i have i have a tan chest rig but i didn't know if that was going to be allowed because of uniforms so Mm -hmm. i'm like i'll just go with my green play carrier because i already have that because i've been using that for cqb so since i've never been at an op or or any sort of event where i wore gear for like basically like about 10 hours, give or take. I've never worn yeah. it that long before. So I decided I would try the PC because that's about as heavy as you could reasonably carry for a piece of kit and decide to see how that would go. So I would say it still turned out okay, but I definitely can say from that, I felt I was carrying way too much weight. So I do think for the next stop, I will actually be um, putting uh, axing the PC for, for a chest rig instead, just so I can really cut down those pounds on it. Um, I also am glad that Chas also recommended for me because I because he I, he saw that I usually carry my uh, 1911 on me, saying that it would be best if you ax that uh, just because like you really he said you want to make sure that you're carrying less for a big op where you're out for hours. And I would say I really glad I took that advice because I would have been much more tired even with something like that that would have weighed probably an extra two three pounds probably. 
Yeah, like they say, like ounces equals pounds and pounds equals pain. I remember that. Whatever, That's right? why I, I kept that in mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So actually, so you mentioned Chaz and like you, you mentioned that you guys connected via the Discord. So how did that all work in terms of meeting up with them at the game? So me and Chaz, he actually DM'd me and said that he asked if I was going with anybody and I said no. That was actually from friends and family who were always asking me that's like, oh, are you going to bring like your girlfriend or anyone else? Because my girlfriend plays Airsoft as well. She didn't want to go to Iron Horse because she felt that Milsim just didn't seem like the sort of thing that appealed to her. She saw the appeal, but she felt like it was going to be fun for her. So I was only going to go by myself because this was going to be an expensive event. Like the tickets were about 270-ish a piece, basically. Like really expensive tickets. And even more so, I'd have to convince them to front the money there as well as also come with me to Georgia, a five-hour trip where I'm like, we're probably not going to be home until Monday, basically, because I left uh, Friday morning. Um, Mm -hmm. So for all that stuff. So I was just going to go on my own. And Sam on the Discord and Chas, like they were saying like, oh, like probably best to go on there. And so since I was going and Chas said, and uh, his group of people were going, he's like, hey, so why don't you come join me and my guys? And that would you, so that way we could be able to go just play together um, so we can just make sure that you can have the best time that's there. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm up for that. Um, so therefore they really managed to help me with also um, giving me general tips on things like mainly to uh, give me tips, I'd say what to bring though. Like they recommended I get um, the mechanics gloves that I just managed to buy recently. And because mainly I did know I want to get full finger gloves because when I'm in urban areas like this, I often expect at AOs that there's going to be things like rubble, broken glass, um, things like also like, especially because there was a forested area. So things like um, rocks, twigs, any of that. And I didn't want my fingers like touching those or like cutting anything like that yeah that's legit so so therefore i managed to get those and man those worked out really well because the only other pair of full finger gloves i wore were the vulcan full finger ones that were having the i guess rubber finger parts and i felt they were really too bulky i felt like when i tried to get through the trigger guard i would sometimes just press the trigger on accident so Mm -hmm. going with these that were way slimmer they still had the guarding on everything on the fingers except the index finger which i felt was probably why it had that extra bolt because they that area was armored um but yeah so having that was really good um especially brought my knee pads with it and man i'm really glad i brought them because it saved my knees so much pain and would have really messed them up if i didn't have them uh, for that so they managed to give me a lot of tips as well as like how we were going to be going uh how we were going to be coordinating uh they actually gave me a set of i was able to borrow a set of um of Howard Lights, a uh, headset that I always was using because grenades and uh, things like that were going off regularly, and those things really saved me a lot. Uh, saved me a lot because they managed to protect my hearing because explosives were going off very frequently, either in buildings or at least close enough to where at least they were pretty loud. And I managed to have that, and they also managed to give me a radio so that I was able to keep in contact with them. It was really beneficial, and I'm glad that uh, Steve was actually uh, the person Chas brought. Um, that really managed to uh, that managed to let me borrow it, and that radio was a really big help. I was able to relay information to them, let them know what was going on, uh, all that good stuff, and it just really helped me with that. So happy they uh, managed to help me borrow that, just so they could make sure that I was as equipped as I could reasonably be while I was over there. It's funny because like they always tell you don't talk to strangers on the internet or whatever, but like, uh, you know, it it sounds like, I mean, you know, our community is, you know, although we are strangers, technically, I think we spend a lot of time talking to each other. So it sounds like you were able to just, despite the fact that you didn't really know each other in sort of real space, real life, so to speak, meat space, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it, you were able to actually meet and sort of mesh pretty well, even just out the gate, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Like we managed to really be able to go well. They were very respectful for me. I liked how friendly they were being, always answering my questions uh, because like they saw, because I was always up front. That's like, hey, this is going to be my first Milsim. Like that's always the thing. Like this is my first Milsim period. I've never done anything like this. So they were very patient. They were always answering any questions I had, giving me suggestions, all that good stuff. So I was really happy for that. We really meshed well. And then when I got to meet them, they were they just had like big smiling faces. They were just so happy to see me when I actually got to meet them on Friday when I was doing my registration. Like really, I'm just so happy I got to go with them because if I was just going by it myself and I just simply like, you know, just basically was assigned to some random squad there, who even knows if it still would have been as good. Still would have been great, but if it would have been as great as it could have been. So I've got a question for you now, and it's a two-parter, all right? So the first part is, um, thinking about the event and how you were getting ready for it, what was the part that was the most intimidating for you, as especially like as a, someone who'd never done it before? So in this case, it was particularly that this was an op where you just go all day out, though, because even at Iron Horse, uh, not Iron Horse, um, at North versus South, we there were still designated like plenty of breaks, so you could just go like just basically hang out at the... Um, basically at the little break area that was always there and just be there as long as you want. Whereas like in this case, I was going to be out for that. Like it's not that you have to be out for all like 10 hours or however long we played there. Uh, Like it didn't have to be that level of intense. But the thing is, is that you were expected to be out there for the majority. Like if you went back to the fob, like, you know, get some water, um, like, you know, we like rearm, like if you need, if you're hungry, just try to get something quick that you can eat and just try to be back out there ASAP because you, we need everyone who's, who's on our team. Like we need them all out there. That wasn't really the part that was most intimidating, um, for that, but I still felt that that was actually something I was still excited to experience because this was something I'd never done before. And I thought that would have provided a really great kind of immersive experience. Cause again, despite the name, I'm aware that like, you know, Milsum does not remotely simulate real combat though. I'm aware of that, but still I felt like, Oh, that's just really fun though. A notion where it's like, we just play all day. We go at it with everything that we, um, that we have and it was just a, and even though there was an intimidation factor i kind of felt it was more hyping me up to do it though than anything ironically that makes sense makes total sense and so i guess the the second part of the question was thinking about that being intimidating did you find that it actually worked out that way like once you started playing did that intimidation sort of evaporate for you yeah intimidation just it evaporated just immediately um it was just so great when i was actually out there and ironically i found that my gear setup worked out overall better there because when we actually played it was really cold it was like something like um about 45 ish degrees fahrenheit outside like it was really cold i remember chas and the rest of our squad they were clearly freezing they wore jackets and my, my PC actually kept me pretty warm throughout it, which I was surprised because it's actually a smaller profile one, sort of like uh, one that I had. It was basically like above, sort of a little bit above my lower stomach. And it was surprisingly keeping me really warm inside. It kept me all throughout there. And then when I was out there all day, I didn't find the gear being something that I found was like really weighing me like super badly. I still want to try to slim, but I still felt like uh, once I was out there, I'm like, oh, carrying my gear all day actually doesn't feel nearly as bad as I was maybe thinking it was going to be. So I just kept at it. And it was just a lot of fun to be able to go and do that. I'm like, man, like I'm really getting into this. I really uh, had my suspicions confirmed that I want to do this. Yeah, totally. And so I guess uh, now's as good a time as any. Talk a little bit about what was the op actually like in terms of the gameplay? Like, how did it all, how did the day, or I guess days, plural, how did they work out? 
So on Saturday, um, so Friday was where I drove in, where I just went to registration. Um, and on Saturday, um, it was essentially that we had three main areas, which was um, the, the village, the tunnels, uh, and the city. So those are the areas we had to grab, as well as also command posts that were sort of scattered all around. So the way that was sent was that me and Chas and our team, we were sent to go secure one of the buildings in the city. So we immediately rushed over towards that. It was one that was right across from the tunnels. And our job was to make sure that we held that. Um, admittedly, this is where I sort of had to remind myself as to how different this is, because in standard pickup play, whether I was playing indoor or outdoor, there was always the impetus that's basically once you cap an objective, run, rush to the next one and kind of just kind of keep tagging all there, always being in the front of the action. Whereas Milsim really had to, I had to really remind myself that this isn't that sort of thing where ironically kills while obviously, uh, obviously good to have there. Ironically, I found on the lower end of things to keep it important where it was more so about defending where you have and then trying to make sure you keep it as opposed to necessarily all about pushing. Though, of course, that's important, too. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where, like, for me, I found the game is mainly going. Mainly, it was just sort of attacking and defending locations and making sure that we took what ground we could and held on to that. I felt I wasn't sure about the enemy team because I didn't talk to many members on the UFS. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll explain the acronyms. So there were two teams that was there. COST, which is the, um, the, the team we were on. Uh, um, and then USF, those were the two factions that were there. And that was actually one of the things that drew me because it wasn't typical America, uh, NATO slash American versus Russian, where it was instead more of a pseudo sort of civil war faction-ish kind of thing, which I found fun. But yeah, the game times were mainly just attack and defend, mainly uh, going there, securing ground, and then moving up from that secure ground onwards. I found that's how both teams were always acting, where we always want to make sure our areas were secured first, and then we would push up if we felt that there was a big enough opening for us to send forces through. And I also gotcha. found the games to also be very interesting because this is the first time I would say that deaths were something that actually were mattering or rather getting hit was what mattered most here. Because at standard pickup games and even when I play like about one or two speak QB, uh, speak QB matches where usually death is not something that's the biggest deal. Like, you know, walk to your respawn. That's probably only about a few minutes at the most. And then you get back into it. Whereas here you only get two revives from your medics and then. I found that when walking back, it was quite the walk though for me to do so. Like it took a lot of time for me to get back into it between going to the fob, getting my mags reloaded and all that stuff and making sure to uh, make sure I was all prepped to go back into it. So when playing the game, I had to also try to teach myself to be much more careful and not to be like, so uh, being in the enemy's face, I guess, like I would be in CQB. I had to really try to hone that down as well though, because like, you know, uh, because in, in, in CQB, especially since the main thing is about getting kills, and I had to really try to remind myself that's not the, it's important, but not the most important thing having to play this. Yeah, for sure. You got to hold your corner or whatever, you, you know. Uh, what I was going to ask is, like, you mentioned, like, the the walk. I know Chaz was complaining to, to me about that. He said, like, I, be, I did, like, 28,000 steps or whatever on Saturday. So, like, how, the, like, this AO, the area of operation, I should say, like, the Milsom area was huge, right? Mm -hmm. It was really big, like, um, because at least why I always told people that the facility we were at was actually a place that was meant that is meant for training official government uh, agencies. So like law enforcement, uh, EMS, firefighters, all those kinds of people. And I saw the various areas that they were meant to train, like uh, one building that was completely collapsed, I guess, mainly for like firefighters to be able to teach and such. 
And it was a really big AO between the city, the tunnels, as well as also uh, the village. Like there's a lot of walking that you do there, which is especially what taught me as to why exactly where even small weight decreases, if you can do that, matter so much because it's a long walk and you can especially feel, uh, you'll especially be feeling the burn while you're trying to do so. So, that's so how long was, how long was it to walk back generally, just r- roughly? To walk back, it was actually something like about, I would say probably something like um, like about 15 minutes, give or take, it would take for me oh, to wow. go. So like something like that to be able to walk back to. Um, my reloading and my hydrating would t- probably take like another five minutes I would do. And then it would be about another 10 to 15 to try to walk back to, uh, try to walk back to my squad if I could reach them or if not that excuse me, at least being able to um, get in and so I can make sure I could secure ground where I could. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's quite a trek, you know, like, especially I think about like the, the skirmishes that we play on the weekend or whatever, like you get hit and you're walking off the field and it's like legit like 60 seconds tops to get mm-hmm. back to the safe zone or whatever, right? Like, exactly. Totally. So, um, so you were doing that. Did you get a chance to play like on all the like different areas like in the tunnels and in the village and did you get to see all of that like in play yes i actually managed to um so the first area we hit in was the city so that's what we wanted to go and secure and we did manage to do a great job of holding the city so then once we felt that the tunnels were at least ill defended enough we then did proceed to go into the tunnels um there wasn't much left of you of ufs there i from what I understood, they were mainly the inside of the tunnels was clear, but mainly they were holding the doorways that lead inside them. So that entering them would more or less be a death sentence, though, because they just pop the door open and start shooting. Um, so then we managed to secure that. And then I proceeded all the way to the village. Um, I was going with other um, with other cops forces as we tried to go in and make sure that we could secure that. And then that was where I actually it was the village where I first lost both lives at because I lost two in the city. And then that was where someone dealt like the killing blow, so to speak. So afterwards, that's when I had to trek back. And by the time I got back, we actually were doing some good progress within the city. And then there was another cool moment where once I got back and Chas and the rest of them came back, um, we actually managed to get a special order, I think it was from Commander or Platoon Leader, I can't fully remember who, um, where we actually came up with a plan where we were going to take one of the U-Haul trucks that we had, where it was going to take us around from where our fob was, basically behind enemy lines, and then we were going to take a CP that was there. So then afterwards, we end up going into the forest area. Um, we started going into through the forest. There was like really tall grass, lots of trees, et cetera. And through that was definitely a real experience because I actually had to be on my knees for a lot of it. I never had to be on my knees that much before ever playing airsoft. And it made me just that much more thankful I had my knee pads. But specifically, the hard shell ones, I was running Hatch x knee pads on there. And I felt like I was really glad for that. But fortunately, the knee pads also have plenty of padding on the inside. So that mm-hmm. way, my knees don't feel like they're just leaning on something hard, which was really useful. Um, so yeah, yeah, dude, knee pads, they're not just for show. Guys, if you're listening and you don't have knee pads, listen to Alex, get knee pads. <laughs> like, yeah, I was on my knees for that because we were really trying to make sure we were not caught because the U-Haul trucks weren't just for us, but it was for the enemy team as well. So there were a couple instances they would pick up um, UFS forces and ferry them to the field so that they could just kind of get right into it. There were only oh, a few, gotcha. yeah, there were only a few like, um, 
uh, what's the word for it though? Basically a few drops where they would take UFS forces and drop them into the field. So we made sure that we were trying to lay really low so that they made sure that they didn't catch us while we were going through there. So then we were just uh, making sure we went through very carefully. Um, there was a trailer park area that we managed to go breach. We wanted to make sure that it was secure. So we did that. And then we got on top of these really steep hills, which made me really happy for my boots because they really helped keep my ankle secure and made sure that I wasn't going to trip or fall or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so we managed to see their CP that was like really close, like all, like basically flirting with that 100 yard uh, lane, which is basically like you cannot, if you're cost or USF or UFS, you can't step within 100 yards of each other's um, fobs because you need to get people out. So it was yeah. the, the CP that was closest to their um, to their fob, and we managed to look out for it. And so we were, I was just mainly tasked with making sure that no one stuck up behind us. And so like it looked all secured, but turns out there were some guys that were tracking us that we couldn't see, and then they wiped us out shortly after oh, we, no. we got there. And then like I I still had bandages, but they have a rule which is where if you down somebody and then you go up and you say searching that's treated as if they as if they are fully eliminated and have to walk back. So like we just talked about it, we were and they were just like oh yeah we were tracking you guys like we saw you guys go in the forest and we tried our best to keep hitting as we were tracking you guys and then uh we just took you guys out after and it was just like it was such a we weren't even mad that it happened or we didn't proceed. It was just so fun that we did all that. We didn't even care. We were just like yeah. oh yeah good game guys like that was real awesome. That's awesome. Chaz had mentioned to me about the U-Haul trucks um and he had, he told me to ask you about it so you brought it up so that's great so i i guess like you like you were saying the, those were just really a mode of transportation for like the game admins more than anything right like yeah they were mainly just a way of like getting people inside of it so it was mainly their way of like say there were only a few of these so it wasn't like they were just constantly running through the field dropping people off or anything like that there was only like a few drops they did for both sides i think it was only like three or four that they okay. did mainly so that way it wouldn't get crazy with having that because the main rule about the trucks was that you weren't allowed to shoot the players inside it wasn't until the players actually stepped out that you could actually do so so just for gameplay purposes they only did about three or four runs of the trucks for both sides uh throughout the entirety of that saturday so we just managed to use that one it was the only time i was on the truck really but even still, it was really cool to try to have that, to sort of have that simulated drop, so to speak, like just putting you right into the hot zone and heading out. Just such a really fun experience. Like I'm definitely going to keep telling that story for years to come. <laughs> for sure. So that was Saturday. What was Sunday like? So on Sunday, because um, the main uh, the main guy who was leading it, he said that apparently that a lot that there was even some abuse with the trucks that they were I guess maybe dropping people into areas they weren't supposed to be. So for Sunday, they actually asked the trucks, and whenever anything was happening, we had to get to everywhere on our own. So um, Sunday was definitely a really interesting one, but especially because like even though my mind was really wanting to go into it. Uh, that Sunday, my body was like, oh my God, I am so exhausted after that Saturday because we played until 11 and I didn't get to my hotel until about, I would say 12 because I had to do a lot of packing prep and all that, uh, basically making sure I got everything back. And man, like I was so exhausted. And I was even told by, I think it was either Chas or Steve or squad leader that often for Sunday games, only half the people from Saturday show up on Sunday because by that point, everyone's so physically exhausted and they just, a lot of them just can't bring themselves to wake up and just try to do that. Cause we had to be there. The, the briefing was supposed to be at 930, but because there was a lot of people who were showing up late, they decided to delay it. 
So then I think it was by about, I would say 10.30, where they finally uh, resumed with the briefing and making sure that everything was done. Um, Chas and, and, and the rest of, his, uh, of our guys, they did eventually come, but it was much later in the AO, uh, much later in the day, which I didn't mind because I can understand. It was really tiring. And so I can imagine why they just had to catch a few extra hours of shut-eye before going out for that. Um, and so there for Sunday, we were just proceeding well. And Saturday, especially we were, uh, I was more prepped on Sunday because on Saturday we learned that we had actually fully captured the city, the, the village, the tunnels, and all CPs on that Saturday by the end of the night. And oh, wow. which got us like really, he's, uh, the, um, I think it was even maybe another uh, person of our, of our um, platoon leadership where he was saying like, I didn't think you guys could do better last year, which I wasn't there though, but I'm presuming was really good. He's like, but yeah, you guys really did it. So he's like, we're going to try to do our best to make sure we can hold the same ground. And on Sunday, as we are proceeding, um, UFS actually managed to capture the city on there uh, on that day. And so we did eventually manage to do some progress in there. But man, UFS really managed to sh uh, showed up for Sunday and they were really holding us, even though we outnumbered them like two to one, something like that. <laughs> like even still, they were doing really amazing. So did you outnumber them on day one or is it just people basically not showing up on the second day because of the tiredness you're talking about? We were pretty evenly numbered. It was mainly the following day where we majorly outnumbered them just because so many people were so tired because I was told that a lot of people don't show up on day two because they're just too exhausted to try yeah. to do so. And after I did that, I was like, oh man, now I can understand what he meant because even when I was waking up, like I remember the Sunday I woke up, I did like some on my kit on my bathroom sink. I did like a few pushups just to get my heart pumping though, because I was told that exercising in the morning can really uh, increase your heart rate so that you can try to wake up better. And I took mm -hmm. an extra shower. Uh, I took one last night, the night before, but I took another one in the morning just so I could try to really wake myself up and try to make it to where I could have like full attention while I was going because I was so like worn out by that. And fortunately, I had all my uh, clothes and such laid out so that way I could just put my stuff on and then get out. That Sunday, even though my typical thing when I go to a field is to have um, camo pants, boots, and then a shirt, I wasn't even bothering and I just went with my uh, combat shirt on. But fortunately, because I guess in Georgia, nobody cares, nobody thinks twice <laughs> if you dress that way. So I was just like, you know what, screw it. I'll just do that because this is Georgia. No one cares. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I was just asked, like, oh, are you guys like going hunting or something? I think that was something something similar you mentioned where you were like, they would just be like, oh, those, I think they're like part of the hunting people or something like that. Yeah. 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 People used to do that all the time. So like, are you part of the, well, this, in Newfoundland, we call it the militia, but it's what you guys would call like the reserves or like the National Guard or whatever. So they'd be mm -hmm. like, are you part of the militia? We'd be like, yes, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally feel yeah. So thinking about overall, like your, your experience, like what would you say? Um, the biggest lesson that you learned, aside from what we've talked about so far about like water and like weight and stuff like that, mm -hmm. what was the biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway for you for, for the last, for those days? I feel the biggest lesson I had to really learn was especially patience because on there, like, as I said, cause like in CQB, because these are very fast paced games, you're kind of expected to be all over doing everything that you possibly can. This is a game that I really had to learn to just try to hunker that down, try to make sure to understand that, no, just because you're not being out in the field, getting all these kills or whatever. And I felt like, cause on some level, 
not fully, but on some level, I felt like I was internalizing a lot of the Nilsson videos I watched from like the old Airsoft GI days, uh, even Desert Fox videos uh, on there, because often those guys would be more at the forefront of it, mainly just being like wherever the heat of the battle was. And so like, because I wasn't there, there was like some feeling that's like, oh, I gotta be there to be useful. But I had to really try to, as I try to always keep uh, reminding myself, that's like, hey, what you're doing is important. You're holding, uh, you're already holding one piece of what we have to do. And as long as you hold this, you're really doing your part here. So I feel like that's especially something where if I ever saw like people who were new is to try to make sure they can have that internalized because I do admit this is kind of one of the, when it comes to gameplay videos on Airsoft, sort of one of the parts of it, because I understand it's a business, you got to always do what you can do to get the most exciting footage, because like a lot of Milson videos will always try to show them being at the forefront of it. Some of them will even admit that they break off what they're supposed to do so that they can be in the forefront of it so they can get the all that good footage and such. So that's why I didn't internalize it fully because I understood that that's not how it was. But I did feel like I internalized that to enough of a degree where I had to really try to stop myself from trying to think that I had to do all that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, that's 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 a fair, fair statement. And I know, like, you see guys, like, who have big YouTube channels or whatever, they're going to Milsims and, like, flying in helicopters and stuff. And, like, the average Milsim attendee isn't probably not going to be zipping around in a helicopter, right? Like, uh, yeah, like we didn't even have technicals this year. I don't know if Iron Horse typically runs them because mainly um, Bo, the guy, and Bo and the guys at American Milson, they had to really uh, fight really hard to get Guardian Center because apparently um, it's a very, it's a big place that they were trying to do. So they had to do, I think that maybe like no vehicles or at least none of the technicals as they're called. Uh, were really allowed to be in play. I don't know what the full thing was there, but they just weren't able to. And like, yeah, that's one of the things you see because often when you look at Milson videos online, one of the things they always love highlighting is mainly when technicals or especially helicopters or things like that are in play, often things they do so. Whereas I found like in that one, there wasn't that, which I wasn't bummed by. I just kind of treat those as like sort of nice if you have it, but you know, if you don't, it's not going to prevent me from coming if I want to go. Yeah, totally. So in so we talked about at the start as well, like, I mean, you're not new to Airsoft, like you've been playing for, for several years, but what are some, some like skills that you learned at a Milsim, at the Milsim with Chaz and Sam and all those guys that maybe you hadn't been exposed to before? Communication was a whole different ballgame when it came to, uh, to playing at American Mil uh, Iron Horse. Uh, learning that you like how good you can communicate is going to be such a big drastic thing, not just for your team immediately, but also because when you learn things that um, that maybe you could spot that the rest of your team doesn't, you can relay yep. that to your squad leader who can relay that to command, and they can get that to the other squad leaders so that way they can make sure that they can proceed accordingly. So I found that at Milsim especially, communication is such a big deal and something that you really have to stay on top of because the more stuff that your team as a whole knows, the better that it can be to do so. Because like as I learned when it came to the objectives, that it wasn't merely just taking them, but also you have to let someone know typically your platoon leader, where you let them know, hey, like, you know, we got building 23 secure. So then they hear that and then your platoon leader radios that to command. So that way they can make sure they know. So that way they can know that, yes, that is under our control. And so that way we don't have forces uh, going into buildings that are us expecting that maybe there's enemies in there. So yeah, yeah I really learned how much communication matters there. And I really want to try to make sure I keep learning how to be able to do that better. Totally. And I mean, hey, listen, that's uh, that's a skill that we're all always working on all the time. So uh, I, I totally feel it. What is something that you 
wish that you learned by the end of it that you wish you had known on day one? I really wish I knew how to actually make my gear weighed better because it was yeah. even if it wasn't as heavy as it could have possibly been. It was still, I found that there were plenty of um, deficiencies where I found that maybe I was carrying too much weight. So like the backpack, I felt like I really didn't need because I didn't carry much in there because when I bought it, I was under the impression I would carry like a bottle of BBs and my speed loader in there. Mm -hmm. And then I would just reload on the field. But then I learned like about a couple of months later that that wasn't something you were allowed to do in American Milson games. It was intended where you would only reload at the fob. So I feel like that was something I wish I would have kept because that would have been a lot of extra weight I wouldn't have had to carry. Um, and definitely the plate carrier because like I prefer wearing that in CQB, but I started having the suspicions, which I felt Iron Horse confirmed, that if I'm playing outdoor games, it's just better to go lighter weight because, well, one, you have more of the sun on you, whereas in indoors slash CQB games, usually the sun isn't as on you as it is in those so I feel like I'm probably going to ask that, try to look around for, uh, try to try out different chest rigs so I can make sure I get something that can really help lower the weight on that. Um, and so try to make sure I do that and to know how important weight management is, making sure to really just carry what you need. If at worst, maybe carry a little bit more than what you need, but try not to have it be by that much. <laughs> right on. So last question for you. Uh, we all have these moments uh, playing Airsoft not all the time, but certainly frequently enough, mm -hmm. where it's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done, mm -hmm. right? So what was that moment for you at Iron Horse 4 where you're like, you just can't believe you're doing this. Like, this is the coolest thing, right? It was when I was actually the night game proceeding that was on Saturday. I think like when things started getting really dark by about eight o'clock, uh, for context, I've never played a night game before. Usually fields around me have never really, either they've never done them or when they've done them, I just was never available to go play at it. So, because usually night games I find are more something they announce spontaneously as opposed to way in advance. Gotcha. Um, so this was the first time I actually experienced it in full and just being in there and just doing, um, and just actually being around, um, just doing all that cool stuff that I always hope to do, like being with other squad, uh, other squad mates, uh, just being able to do things like say going up buildings. Um, like uh, that was the first time where I was actually in a building that sterols were in play because usually if there's ever a building that's in any field, usually it's only like one story. It's not meant to simulate like something with stairs. So therefore, right. like, I had to really learn how to uh, having that where I had to be really quiet when going up. Like I like to joke with some of the people there who said the same. Where like it felt like straight up Call of Duty stuff at times, though. It felt fun for that very reason. So like when doing that stuff, it was like, man, like this is exactly what I was in for, and I'm just so happy I got to do all this. It just was a fantastic experience to play that night game as well, um, especially just being able to be with people who are having a lot of fun. Us being all dorky. I remember it was on Sunday where especially show me how fun, especially show me how, like how it was supposed to be, where um, where we were taking out a building, but we didn't know if anyone was on the third floor. So one of them had a, a tag launcher that they were going to shoot in from outside to inside because you were allowed to do that. So we were just making, we were just talking Star Wars stuff being on there, just being like, you know, oh, stay on target. And so he actually <laughs> just outside the wall, though. So we were just making jokes like, oh, negative, negative. It didn't go in. It impacted on the <laughs> surface. And we were just being such huge dorks. And it reminded me, this is why I love doing what I do. Yeah, well, that sounds that sounds like an amazing time. Uh, obviously, you're going to be looking at doing another Milsim at some point. Um, anything, any plans right now? Uh, anything on the calendar? 
So for me, not this year, because this year my plan is to um, buy a new place to move into. I'm trying to get either an apartment or maybe like a duplex like I plan to move into. So my funds are going to be after this point. I have to go focus on making sure I get that up. But yeah, next, I feel you. But next year, I actually want to go to um, the American Mill Stuff off Copperhead, which is, takes place in Arizona, I believe. Um, that's an event I really want to do. So because of where I am, though, and how much money I make, I don't feel like at most I can maybe do two Milsims, one where I fly. And if there's another Iron Horse next year, go to that one. But this was my only one for this year. And honestly, despite how expensive the whole thing was, I found it completely worth it. I'm completely happy with what I have there. It honestly could not have gone any better, in my opinion, for how it went. So I definitely want to make sure that when I go to Copperhead uh, next year, I try to make sure I go on to that, especially because it would be the first time I actually flew to the West Coast because I've been on the East Coast my whole life. So that would be quite the experience. And I definitely want to make sure that in ops to come, I will definitely be making sure I put a lot of emphasis on doing those because I want to do more of these and as many of these as I can squeeze in. Totally. I, I hear you. Plus, I've been told West Coast, Best Coast is a thing. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining us, Alex. I mean, it was awesome to hear about your experience at Iron Horse 4 and just, you know, this kind of milsim. Hopefully it's something that we're going to be able to get to experience as well. Like we've never had a chance, uh, any of us on the team, to play that kind of milsim. So, but just talking to you and Chaz and everyone else on the Discord, and by the way, guys, if you're not a member of the Discord community, the link is in the description. Um, but it's it really sounds like something that'd be, you know, right up our alley. So I'm, I'm just thrilled that you were able to join us. All right, definitely glad to be here. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next week.